Welcome to the Healing While Black podcast, where we believe it's possible and necessary for Black people to heal, thrive, and celebrate our lives in the face of injustice. We'll highlight the often unheard voices and perspectives of Black people on a range of topics that impact our lives. I'm Misty. And I'm Kiana. And we're two Black women therapists with real lives trying to heal while Black and figure it all out too. Thanks for joining us. You ready? Mm-hmm. Hello, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the idea that there can be healing found in living authentically. Right. How many of us grew up here and our mothers say, you better act right when we're going into certain environments? You know, them environments where there's mostly going to be some white folks there. I think we all heard that. <laughs> At least <laughs> our generation heard that growing up. You better act right around them white folks. Right. Uh, we all tried to figure out ways to get by. And sometimes it meant us needing to leave some parts of us behind or acting in a certain way to get certain things that we need. Yeah. It's about survival sometimes. Right. Um, I think authenticity hasn't always felt like a, a choice. Let's let's talk a little bit about what authenticity is. Right. Let's let's just define it. Right. So Miriam Webster, our good old friend, Miriam defines authenticity as true to one's personality, spirit, or character. And I think that is a very simple definition, but it really encompasses a lot of things that us as Black people aren't always able to access or display in an authentic way. Exactly. So I think for Black folks, I think in in this country in particular, you know, and probably in other parts of, of the world as well, you know, authenticity really comes with maybe being counter in a way to kind of more dominant culture, you know, in a way, right? Like in a, us practicing authenticity is a, a form of resistance. Absolutely. I think, you know, that that's just another way to think about authenticity is that sometimes what it, it, it looks like it looks very different than what kind of the dominant culture or, you know, those ideas of what it means to be Black. It's being different than, than what those ideas kind of tell, tell us about ourselves or tell us that we should be or, you know, ways that we should act. I agree. For me, I know specifically my authenticity is absolutely in demonstration of white supremacy and the expectation that comes along with it. Mm. Um, I think it or pieces of you. Absolutely. Pieces of me, for sure. Um, I think it, it helps me to feel I have a sense of control over my life and mm -hmm. a, cert, a sense of agency over my decisions. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, calling back to the previous episode, I think internalized racism plays a huge role in being authentic or not, not, or not being authentic. Um, the way in which you or I'll speak about myself specifically, the way in which I have internalized certain messages from white society kind of <laughs> forced me to go in the opposite direction. Um, and that makes me feel powerful. It makes me feel like I've made a decision with all the information available to me and this works for me. Mm, love it. There's so many, there's so many 
benefits in living an authentic life. It's not easy, right? But no. there are so many things that can be gained from it. You know, talking yeah. about my personal experience and that sense of control that I, I have over myself because I, I can live authentic. But if we go back, I feel like if we're able as Black people to live our authentic selves in this lifetime, it is paying homage to our ancestors that have come before us Mm. it is honoring them it is doing the things that they were not able to do because of white supremacy and oppression but taking taking our lives and our decision making and using it as a way to pay respect for all the shit (laughs) for all the things that they had to encounter and endure to me that is the best way to show respect yeah, I I think that idea of showing respect to our ancestors is, is critical. It's, you know, it's important, right? And I think in addition to what you just pointed out, I think they fought for us to be able to be more ourselves, right? And to be able to exercise, you know, humanity more, you know, liberally, more broadly, you know, Absolutely. because of the constrictions that they had to live in right and, and that they faced and in the face of all that they they still got to practice authenticity in some critical ways but they had to be super creative on how to do that right and so they really fought for us to be able to to be our full human selves and i i give thanks and i think part of what we can do in you know also in just honoring them but is is paying it forward too right you know like allowing the generations to come you know to be also able to practice the fullness of their humanity, being more authentically them themselves. That idea that my son would be able to go out into this world and be how, however he decides is a dream for me, right? If I'm able to embody a spirit of authenticity and a lifestyle of authenticity, I hope it shows my son that even though or at least right now, his consequence may be a little different, it's still worth it. It's still mm. worth it to fully be you and and understand that it's not only okay, it's necessary to live a full life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think of that in terms of, you know, my, my children as well. Um, and it's, it's complicated, right? Because there's a piece of us that, you know, we know that, you know, when people are able to be themselves or try to, you know, practice that out in the world, that sometimes there is this backlash that, you know, that you get, you know, as a result of that. But I, I sometimes cry thinking about how much I want that for my children and then how much part of my parenting has been about, okay, well, how do, how do I support you to be successful also in this life? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they're, they're very conflicting messages, right? It's like, be you and live life in the way that you'll be most successful, <laughs> you know? And like, sometimes those, those are not the same thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. or, or like, you know, what do we mean by success? But absolutely. You know, I, I, I really have come to the understanding that living authentically does not come without challenging how you feel about other people's opinions of you. Mm. Those two things go hand in hand. You can't, it's hard to live authentic if you're worried about what people are going to think about you or you're worried about what people are going to say about you. It's so hard. But what people think about you and what people say about you, 
affects you. It can affect the type of job you get. It can affect yeah opportunities, right? It, it could have negative effects. It could because of that you could end up in jail or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But it kind of goes back to our ancestors, at least for us, it goes back to our ancestors and teaching, living this way and then teaching our kids that you can live this way, but you're going to have to pay in some way because we still live in this crappy ass society, white supremacist society. And some things you're not going to be able to to change right away. But don't allow that to stop you from mm-hmm. doing what your intention in this life is, what your purpose in this life is. stated so well, because in, in many ways, we sort of have to you know, teach our kids as, as we're teaching them to be fully themselves or, or we're teaching them how to be brave too. Right. You know, yep. and how to, to not rely so much on how others see them. Right. Especially when the others are white supremacy or looking through the glasses of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. When society is looking at you in a certain way, that's the best time to be like, yeah, bump society. I got a whole different set of glasses on and I'm going to look at it in a whole different way. Mm. You know, but it absolutely, like you said, takes bravery. And, you know, I think one of the other benefits and I think why it's it's important as often as we can to really practice authenticity is we get to change the narrative a bit. You know, we talked about, you know, kind of ideological racism previously um, and how that really shapes sort of the way our whole culture kind of um, exists and, and how you know, we as Black people are treated, right? And how people see us, you know, as 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 a group. And I think us being able to practice authenticity really complicates that, right? It complicates that, like, that fake-ass narrative. Right. None of that came from us. None right. of that came we from us. Those but like, yeah, but our true lived experiences, you know, those that demonstrates who we are. Right. Yeah, like, it, it gives us that that ability to really... To complicate that picture. To shatter that picture. Yeah. Right. We don't, we we absolutely want to complicate it, but complicated it enough to where it doesn't make sense to anybody, right? So you're coming at me with your expectations of how Black should be or what Black is, what authentic Black is. And I'm like, mm, let me show you something else. Because whatever you've told yourself as a white person, my existence is going to show you something different. My existence is going to show you that um, what you think you know ain't what you know. So I'm a comma, I'm a confuse your ass. Yep. And 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 not to confuse you, because I, you know, that sure you get confused, but like, but really to just to just be, you know, like to be free, right? This is what this is about, right? The confusion is the result of what what me being authentic is. You're gonna be so confused because you don't, you're not, this isn't the norm for you. It's our responsibility. It it's it's really, it's really fucked up, right? Our ancestors were brought to this country and they had to fight for survival and they had to fight for existence. And the fight, it it still continues and it's just different now. Now our fight is Mm. trying to live authentically as a Black person and then our consequences, there are still consequences Mm -hmm. that we have to deal with. So the struggle's not over. And this is how, like you were saying, we change the narrative. We change intergenerational behaviors that have uh, manifested because of this expectation of people the white gaze white supremacy all of that and I, I i i think it's so important that you brought up you know the the struggle still exists but what it looks like has changed right now like we're at a different 
you know, point in the struggle, right? Like our people have laid the groundwork, our ancestors have laid the groundwork for us to be at a place where we can, you know, experience certain kinds of freedoms that they didn't get to experience, right? right. And so, you know, it, it's important for us to carry that forward, right? When they, when they were, you know, in bondage, right? It, there weren't too many choices, right? Right. You know, their, their struggles have afforded us some more freedoms that we get to access and tap into now. We're, 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 you know, we're, we're passing the torch. They passed it on to us. So, you know, we're, we're, we're carrying it forward. Absolutely. Until we get to the point where there is true equality in this world, we as Black people in this world are going to be fighting. Our right. existence is, has to be a fight. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the oppression, it just changes over time. We're trying until it stops. Mm-hmm. We're fighting. But right. We, we realize that. I mean, here we are talking about you know, kind of being authentic and, and the importance of it, you know, and we, we get the gravity of it. Right. And, but it's, it's not the easiest thing either. We live in the world we live in. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about why it's hard to be authentic in our world. Right. The challenges. What are the, what are some of the challenges that stand before us right now? You know, one of the things that I think about is, and it, you know, especially as I think about our ancestors, but even as I reflect on, you know, my own life and, you know, the, the lives of, of, you know, so many folks that I know, I, I feel like in moments when we, we don't feel empowered to be true to ourselves or authentic, oftentimes that's a result of us trying to survive, right, and get by in life. So in some cases, it's almost like there's, there's not a choice. So, well, wait, but so I, I agree that authenticity and survival a lot of times don't go together for black people a lot of times us existing in our authentic selves however we decide that is looks threatening to white society and yeah yep it it goes back to kind of what i was saying a little earlier where the consequences of being who we are aren't the same as it is for anyone else the consequences of of being a fully self-aware black person can be so grave and we know that we live in 2020 we see folks getting killed by police officers all day long you know what i mean and this is them being on them all their authentic selves even if they uh put their hands up you know and comply they still are liable to get shot in the face right mm-hmm. so the the survival exactly. aspect of of authenticity has always played a role for black people i'm gonna take it back to mm-hmm. the ancestors again i mean mm-hmm. l- let's not even go all the way all the way back let's say uh during um ju- uh sorry during the times of jim crow laws black men couldn't look another white man in the face of what a black man couldn't shake a, a man's hand like so he couldn't authentically be himself. He was not able to say, as a man, I'm going to look this man in the face and I'm going to have this conversation or this communication. He could be hung for doing the most simple, humane act or behavior. Yeah. And that that's real. Survival has always been a part of, you know, how, how we present ourselves. Like, is it safe to do that? Am I free to do that? And, and right, those are questions that as Black folk, we were constantly having to ask ourselves. Right. Right. That's because we live in a society that where everything is really about what's happening with white folks. Right. Because there's the, there's a power structure, you know, in place where white folks have certain important power, right? Like we, we have to be mindful oftentimes of, okay, what's, what's going on with them? Like, 
how does my presence here, you know, how does, how does that, you know, how does that make them feel? You know, how does that, right? Because, because depending on how they're feeling, right. That might have some kind of implications for, for our lives and and, and what's going to happen with us. Right. Absolutely. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's like, we can't just exist. We have to, our existence Mm -hmm. is a reaction. It's a reaction to how exactly. are they feeling? Or at least that is that is how that's the intent of white right. supremacy, right? That the intent of it is for us to not be able to exist and for us to only uh, concern ourselves about how comfortable mm-hmm. they are or how comfortable they feel or how safe, yeah. excuse me, they feel. There's this constant white gaze, you know, that's present and we're trying to function yeah. And we end up having to kind of adjust ourselves, you know, based on, you know, white people looking in. Right. And it's generational. It's it's not I don't think for a lot of people it's a conscious behavior. I just think it's what they were taught and that's what they know in their spirit that if you go full you, there there could be mm-hmm. a negative consequence. The negative consequence lots of times yeah, is death. death. Right. And it's like ha- having to the, the fact that we as a people have to make that right. decision is disgusting. It is. Really, today's conversation is about what what does it take, you know, or what does it look like for Black people to, for us to be able to be ourselves, you know, without adjusting for white people? And how can we do that more and more? It's part of our freedom of, of humanity, you know, to be human. Right. So there, you know, I have been you know, over the past um, couple of months, I have been a part of um, this really wonderful um, reading group uh, about this book by Resma Manikin called My Grandmother's Hands. Um, and it's about how we go about healing racial trauma. And one of the things that he talks about is white folks living under the, this kind of contradictory delusion about Black people and, you know, Black bodies, right? Um, and how that sort of influences how they see themselves as well. So this delusion that he talks about um, it, it kind of goes a little like something like this. <laughs> it sounds like a rap. Um, it goes, goes a little, little something, something like, like this. <laughs> Black bodies can handle anything short of destruction. So it's it actually becomes the job of, of Black people to care for white people, to care for white bodies, right? Soothe them and protect them and, you know, and, and protect them specifically from Black people as well. Yeah. And so, and this, this is sort of like the underlying kind of idea kind of playing out right that it's a myth white folks have kind of lived under and allowed to guide their behavior for for a long time what i like about that idea is that it highlights this delusion that white people um kind of no not kind of this delusion that white people have existed in which has has then kind of gave them permission to to be oppressive and to be at the head of of the table and looking down at everyone else as not good good enough or or equal to and and because of that that idea and those behaviors then it's reflected upon us in ways where it doesn't allow us to live authentically because in their mind and in their eyes mm-hmm. we're here to serve them in literally any way that you can define that exactly right and so that that dynamic is what ends up playing out, right? 
you know, sort of like they live by this belief and, and we sometimes buy into it, right. That, okay, well, it is our job to, you know, we, we understand why people, there's this fear that they have. So it's our job to kind of, you know, decrease that fear. And so we live within that, right. Like we, we live that way. So what can we do to kind of dull ourselves down a little bit or to be a bit more palatable for white folks, right. Or, you know, white folks are fragile, right? So what can we do, right? They, they need protection. So what can we do to, you know, not be too threatening or- They're fragile. So we can't be too loud because we may startle the white folks, you know? So don't be fully who you are. Don't enjoy yourself yep. because who knows how they're going to react. They're not going to like it. Right. And so, and and so because we're, we're constantly living in, in this world, right? Where we, we, there is that dynamic in so many of the spaces that we live in, right? In our jobs, you know, we talked about it in I think our intro, right? Like, you know, our jobs at the supermarket, at just anytime we go out, right? Like we're constantly, you know, living in those spaces. So what is it, what does that mean for our bodies and for our minds to constantly be, you know, being considerate and mindful of, of how white people perceive us and how we must behave in their presence, right? right? Like, what does that do to us? And, and right. And if it's happening so, so much, like, when do we even get the chance to fully be ourselves? Who we decide we right? are, right. And, and, and that's, that's hard, right. Cause it's almost like we kind of have to be living these like Dual roles. double or multiple mm-hmm. lives in a way that whole, you know, and you know, mm-hmm. that double consciousness, right. That W.E.B. Du Bois talked about, right. Like kind of living our true selves, kind of right. living, beyond you know behind the veil and and so what is what does that mean that we like our true selves have to be small in in every day or you know like if we are kind of being our true selves like what are the consequences of that so I think sometimes like people's whole identities end up being formed around like how to be in the presence of white folks right you know like especially like you know th- those politics of respectability and and, p- and people's true selves get lost right it becomes really difficult to kind of really figure out who who am i right that question right and sometimes it's not the person isn't even aware that they are behaving in this way or accepting these ideas of white supremacy um it's an unconscious thing because it's mm-hmm. a been it's been a forever thing. It's been the way our society has always operated right. since our society has been a society. Right. Um, right. So being able to I even identify that the way you may carry yourself or behave is not actually genuine to you is is a real real struggle. It's not easy being authentic or living authentic it requires so much of us like the uh the consequence of oppression it it, the work never falls on the oppressor the work falls on us even when it is to benefit us we have to work at staying mindful so if you're a person that wants to that that is living authentic you have to remember not to fall into those roles that you were born into that are ingrained in our society you have to actively practice not Mm -hmm. doing a certain behavior to make white people feel comfortable whatever that behavior may be it's exhausting at times it is, yeah. But the work one Absolutely. once again and and always falls on us to do. But this this type of work is for our our greater good. You know, yeah. the residual effects will be what they will. But this is definitely for us. 
Absolutely. I think it is for our health too. And I, I think that is really important, right? I mean, I think, you know, I mm-hmm. think in the beginning we talked about like, what are the, what are the benefits, you know? Like, I, I think there's a, there's a, a cost to our mental health, you know, Absolutely. when we're not able to be, we're not, we're not able to be real, you know, and, and our full selves. Just trying to exist in a box that has been created by no one that really is trying to make you a gift, right? But they right. don't put you in this box and say, this is all you can do. That is stressful on our yeah, systems. Yeah. That is stressful on our spirits. That is stressful. Right. It's it's sort of like we're constantly activating that kind of we're we're constantly in that stress response, you know, in our bodies, right? When we're we're constantly having to because essentially what it means is that we we have to perform, mm-hmm. right? Um and that creates a certain amount of s- stress in because we're doing it so much, right? In so many different environments, it's like our fight flight system <laughs> is kind of constantly activated, right? And like, we really shouldn't be functioning that, you know, right. all the time. Like we need moments to be able to just be and chill and rest, you know, we can't be constantly on, right? And that also, I mean, that lends itself to depression and, and that sense of hopelessness too, Absolutely. It's right? all connected. It is absolutely all connected. Just saying you want to live as an authentic Black person. I think even in saying that, there's an expectation that there is kind of one kind of Black person. Mm -hmm. You know, there's one kind of Black existence that is to be lived. And I think it's important to point out that Black does not exist in in one way we're not we're not a monolith we we are as varied as any anyone else any other culture um so you know i i i am one kind of specific authentic black person you know i i have a way of of uh i have a certain behavior i have a certain comfortableness with myself i have a certain way of being that definitely challenges (laughs) other people's expectations of what black is or or what black should do but there are lots of a lot of parts of me that kind of play into the white stereotype and not so much play into they exist and they happen to be part of the white stereotype am i animated as all outdoors am i loud Yes. Is that a stereotype of Black people? Yes. Am I animated? Yes. Is that a stereotype of Black people? Yes. So in my instance, it also takes a different part of me to to not just want to fight against what the expectation is, but to also embrace parts of me that is in their expectation that they see as negative. That's not my business. I, I go out into this world and I exist in a way that I feel comfortable because before I look to make you comfortable, I'm going to be comfortable first. Like I, it is not my job to make you understand why I exist the way I do. If you're curious, find out, figure it out. But it's not my job to do that. So, yeah, you know, even the Candace Owens of the world who couldn't be more of my opposite. What she is as a black person and what I support is her existing in the way that she she defines that she's comfortable with now can she sit with me at my table hell no 
but she has the same right I do as a black person, which is I get to decide who am I? What is my personality? What are my beliefs? How do I present? How do I engage with people? It's still her decision. Don't agree with a lot of her ideals, but Mm -hmm. we still have to have a right to be different. And we have to, we have to have the right to exist however we feel fit. Yeah. And I guess one of the ways that I think about that and kind of her experience is also like, I know very little about her journey and what brought her to, you know, to make those series of decisions, right? You know, one of the points that we're trying to convey here is that there's reasons and explanations for why, you know, we we are the way we are, right? And like what and 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 how we get to, you know, be authentic or not. So, Kiana, you just you started to talk a little bit about your experience. Um in some ways, like, you know, being real, being authentic, right? And, and in some ways, kind of fitting into some of the stereotypes that are out there about Black people and, and, and Black women, you know, in particular. Um, I wonder if we, if you can, if we can both kind of just talk a little bit more about, you know, some ways that we feel like we live in, within or kind of outside of the white gaze. Um, so how, how has that kind of come about for you how have you kind of interacted with the white gaze and authenticity in your personal life (laughs) good question I think I've, I've I think probably when I got to high school is when I started to really you know realize like that there was a whole other world out there beside the one that I grew up in, right? You know, that, that you know, I grew up in, you know, low-income, primarily Black and Latino communities, right? And, you know, that's that's kind of what I knew, right? Those are the folks that I, that I knew. But when I went to high school, you know, I got to interact with white kids from the suburbs and like, you know, and, and, and I remember, I, I remember you know, like when I would start to kind of go and visit friends that lived in the suburbs and, you know, and just kind of really starting to feel out of place or like I started to care about like what I look like in that world. Right. You know, um, and, you know, also in, in high school, guy came in straight from the projects, you know, just I mean, hopeful and all of that stuff, but still very there's like a little a rough, you know, side of me um, that and I and I spoke pretty improperly and whatever, you know, like I, I, um, and I remember (laughs) uh, my high school advisor, um, who I, who I love dearly, you know, um, and I think had, you know, the best of intentions. I think he had this, this idea of me expanding my vocabulary, right. Um, And me kind of breaking away from using slang, you know, terms in my language, you know, and just the way that I spoke um, all the time. And so one I remember one project that I had was to create a slang dictionary um, where I kind of wrote down all the, you know, all the terms that I used on a regular basis. Um, and, you know, then, um, and, and then, you know, found like proper English words to use in their place. Right. Um, that makes and, me feel some kind of way. <laughs> and oh. then I remember like, you know, we, I was talking about the, the project to, to peers, you know, like, their job, like the peers in my, you know, in, in my advisory or in my group, their job was to kind of check me on my language, right? If they caught me like kind of saying some slang, right? You know, um, oh my. to, to kind of, you know, let, let's, let's correct her. And I, 
I mean, it was kind of like, in a way, it was almost like there was something that was a little celebratory about like just the language that I brought in. But really, and I, and I think the intention was for me to just kind of expand my vocabulary, right? And like, you know, learn more proper English terms, right? But really what it did was it made me incredibly insecure about the way that I spoke, right? And, 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 and it, it, it did force me to, to be mindful of like how I presented myself to other people, right? And what was proper, what was improper, right? And so I think early on, I started to, in a way, like devalue, you know, the language of the people that I came from, right? And, and you know, the language of my peers. And I started to, I went through this like really awkward phase of like not knowing how to speak or, 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 or just speaking, feeling really uncomfortable in my own voice, right? Um, and yeah, and, and it's interesting. So I, it would be really interesting for me to hear myself <laughs> like back before, high, you know, high school and like compared to how I sound right, right now. But that was like one experience that just- Played um, against your authenticity. Or, yeah, you know, like it kind of, it did. It made me feel like who I was, like who I, who I authentically was, wasn't, wasn't sufficient, enough. right? Yeah. I know that wasn't the intent behind it but that was the impact that it ended up having and that carried with me you know unfortunately through you know my young adulthood and, and adulthood right um right there's so many other you know ways that it you know I felt like I needed to present myself in this like professional and like kind of white way in order hmm. to benefit from certain opportunities I, I felt like I had to put on my right. whitest voice in order to get jobs right and I had mm. to like you know kind of play into those politics of respectability a whole hell of a lot right in order to benefit from the resources right right um, right and and I think coming from poverty right and you know for me I think when I look back on it I realized that it was for me like a a way to to survive and to to, to try to thrive in life right it, that was my way of that was the currency that I used to get what I felt mm -hmm. like I needed in life. Right. Um, okay. But it's not a message that I want to convey to my kids. I never want to tell them right. that the way they speak is there's something inherently wrong in it. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, for me, that that's one way. That's How about you. That's, I felt, first of all, in that story, I felt stressed for you. <laughs> Taking it back to how we talk about how this, you know, this, this idea of living authentic takes a toll on us, right? Yeah. You yep. trying to figure out what, how people want you to sound versus how you innately sound, you know, that shit feels stressful to me as a whole grown adult. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I mean, and I, I, I understand being uh, respectful in a general sense, I, mm -hmm. I understand um, professionalism, mm -hmm. you know, I understand those ideas, but I don't, for, for me, it goes back to it. I don't think it, that has to look one way. Yeah. One yeah. of my favorite t-shirts I have is, it says, I'm too tired to code switch. Like code switching just is <laughs> not something I do, mm. right? And I don't do it consciously because yeah. it goes back to that idea i'm not gonna make you comfortable and be uncomfortable for you to be comfortable it's been too much of that has been going on <laughs> for centuries <laughs> um well for me though i i i am always or i have always been the black woman girl whatever that exists in these white ass spaces right mm. 
uh, when, once I moved back to Maryland. Um, so I worked at, a, I think I mentioned in another podcast that another episode that I worked for an engineering company for like, it was like nine years or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Entirely too long. Um, and I worked in administration. So at one point I was the admin assistant for the HR department. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, and so I would get there before every uh, the others, the other two uh, women. And I was there one morning and this gentleman comes walking down the hall and I know who he is. I know exactly who he is. He's it's a, it was a big company. So um, offices all over the country. Uh, he came in from California. I knew who he was. He was the he was the big, big boss. So he walks up to me and he's like, I'm sitting at my table. I mean, at my desk. He walks up to me and he asks me to do something like, I need you to, I need you to call some something or someone or something of that sort. So I look up at him and I say, Hi, my name is Kiana, and you are? <laughs> right? Because <laughs> In order for me to live my authentic self in that moment, my authentic self wanted to be like, who are you talking to? You didn't even address me. Yes, right. I work for you, but I don't work for you. Right? Right. So my authentic professional self responded in that way. Hmm. And then what did that cause it cause him to do? That caused him to pause, take a moment, introduce himself to me, and then we were able to engage in the work that needed to be done. But nice. I be goddamned, I'm not going to feel disrespected for you to feel comfortable. I don't, I know you run this company and I know you got a lot going on, but I'm a person and you're going to treat me as such. And if you don't like it, you can fire me. You absolutely can, but wow. you're not going to kill me. My life will still go on. And that's how I, that's the kind of energy I had when I worked at that company, but it was forced, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it, to me, it felt forced because I'm not going to feel some kind of way because you need to feel powerful in some kind of way. And that's right. I, um, you know, I had to get there. I had to evolve to that place. But I, as long as I can remember, I don't remember me going into myself to make someone else feel better. I may not have been fully myself because at younger ages I, I I had to figure it out I didn't know who I Absolutely. was that's just um, a human experience but, right you know right but yeah. I respect you know for me is a big thing and I think respect for black people is a huge thing because of the complete disrespect that we have in, endured and encountered yeah so that that's kind of one of the ways that I and it oh girl working at that damn engineer came with all them damn <laughs> white people like it it at that was a mindful act i had to do i had to remember one not to smack these bitches <laughs> not to smack <laughs> them in the face and two you know because i did like my paycheck i right. wasn't going to let them take my control away yeah so i think what what i really like about what you just talked about and kind of your your experience there is like, and you being able to just, you know, be that, that authentic professional self, what you were able to do was kind of turn that situation around, right? Like, you know, it was like, oh no, you're going to respect me. I, I don't know what you were thinking, but yeah, you're, you're going to respect me here. 
by you standing in in your in your your full self, right? You were able to you know change the dynamic there, right? And and right. And, and and turn that around. And I and I think that's important, right? That's an important message to everybody is that like right when we are when we are able to be our full selves you know we we end up making change right like we end up kind of changing the dynamics of things right we end up making the important change that needs to happen right changing those environments and, and and changing how we how respect is viewed right and changing how people kind of see us as human beings right you know um and that's incredibly important you know right and it is and it, and for me for him it i don't even think you know it was a it was a a, a race thing you know it wasn't like oh, i'm gonna tell this mm-hmm. little black girl da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. it was i am this man with this power and this power that i have you're going to acquiesce to my needs yes you pay <laughs> me to work for you mm-hmm. but i am a person that works for you and you're gonna right. treat as such and what hopefully that did in even if it was unconscious was it made him pause you know Mm -hmm. and think about okay maybe when I no matter who I am now granted I highly Mm -hmm. doubt that crossed his mind but this that Mm -hmm. idea goes back to what I what I speak about often where is our mere existence is the change that can happen in this world it doesn't have to be on these grandiose scales we need that change too but our everyday lives can help create a small wave that becomes a bigger wave and that change you know what i mean hopefully yeah. a tsunami comes and wipes all me out <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and and i i love that um and i you know i think when i kind of look at my experience a, a, a bit too i kind of have to come to terms with you know like just the reality that i did kind of go into myself and i did you know there were pieces of me that I, you know, I'm, I don't want to say, you know, but I, I feel like um, I, I, I did, I wasn't able to command that kind of respect, right? Like I wasn't able to, to fully do that, right? Because I was so, you know, I became this very self-conscious person that relied upon what I thought other people thought about me, right? Like I, I it was about, you know, making other people think well of me. So, you're right that that became my focus and so it wasn't on you know my own my own sense of agency right mm-hmm. um and and that and that is something that i have had to you know and continue to grapple with right like how do i how do i live how do i live with agency and authenticity right now right mm-hmm. my 38 year old self right like how do i how do i do that now that i kind of came through these series of experiences where i felt like my voice in who I was, I wasn't able to fully, you know, convey that. Um, and yeah, and so I mean, some of that has has just been healing work, right? Like me, like looking at what has taken place and 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 grappling with it and crying about it and feeling ashamed about it and all of that stuff and moving through it, right? And 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 saying, okay, well, I I I am now choosing to live, you know, differently, right? Some right. of that stuff wasn't my fault, right? You know. Right. And there's power, power in that choice that you can live differently, that you have that knowledge that you are now able to see things that you may not have seen in the past. And um, I think what what is powerful is the love and uh, empathy, empathy you give yourself for that now Mm -hmm. and 
because the beating up of ourselves for things mm-hmm. that weren't fully our responsibility kind of helps to perpetuate the end yes. goal of, you know, <laughs> whatever it is they're trying to achieve, right? Exactly. So, nah, th- these things were here when we got here, right? Mm-hmm. You had to unlearn them. And that's, we not you, we all had to unlearn yep. them in some way. Yep. And we still have to make these conscious, mindful decisions about how we move. What is, is, so e- is it easier for me to not say anything and not get shot by this cop? Right. Is that authentic? Or is it authentic for me to say, I don't care, shoot me if you want to, right? right. I don't, I can't say which is authentic for you, but I know it, Mm-hmm. The basis of my authenticity is staying alive for my son, <laughs> right? I need to be here for him. Yeah. But uh, there is also an understanding in my family that if by chance something goes the hell down, it had to go down, right? Mm-hmm. Mommy made that decision for a good reason. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And once again, that's bullshit that they, that has to be yep. a part of our lives. Yep. And I think that is, that's an important point, right? That it's a, there's, there's something about like, when we're aware of this, it becomes a decision, right? When we're aware of these things and sometimes, right? Like, you know, me learning how to do that code switching, right? And, and all that stuff or <laughs> switching permanently into, you know, speaking certain ways, right? Like in some ways, you know, I may still need to choose to to do that sometimes, right? Like right. I, or I may choose to do that sometimes, right? right. Even though I know it's, it's a bunch of bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. I still like knowing the world that we live in, if I'm trying to right. benefit from a certain opportunity and I understand the context that I'm, that I'm functioning in, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I may choose to behave in a certain way so I can get what I need or want out of that situation, right? But I don't have to lose my whole self doing it, right? Like I'm like, okay, this is, this is my strategy right now, right? This is, right. And, and that's a very different thing than me feeling me, you know, being self-deprecating and like, you know, taking on this, this whole act that then, right. you know, I, I'm and these hiding behind. Right. And these decisions and compromises that we have to make is not because we want to compromise ourselves. We are trying, we're operating in a system that makes compromise necessary for us right they don't have to compromise in the same way that we do they created this so understanding that that was that is what was created you know it makes sense that we would kind of operate in that in that box until we know better now we know better you better watch out right (laughs) you better you know know who you're talking to or whatever the case may be but that decision that 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 fact that we have to make that decision on what what is at the top of our priority list today when it comes to being authentic is right. is is a sad sad state of affairs yeah absolutely yeah yeah so there's a lot to kind of talk about you know i think with regard to you know authenticity you know for for black folks in particular Another thing, though, I wanted to say is that for me, learning to be authentic was was kind of what I was saying before was I was forced into my authenticity because there were so many spaces where I was never enough. I was never enough. You know, I was there are certain spaces I wasn't enough for black people. There are many spaces where I wasn't enough for white people. And because of that kind of just because of that kind of existence, 
-hmm. I had to learn that I was enough mm. based on how I define enough because I didn't show up as enough for any any other group. So it was either I accept that I'm shit and I'm not enough or I decide that, well, y'all don't know nothing either. Y'all know as much as I know. So if I think I'm enough, I damn sure am enough. Yeah. And that, I think, is where my ability to live a more authentic life kind of came out of. It was one of the one of the reasons anyway. Yeah. It was yeah. a, I was forced to 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 make one or one of two choices. But yes, that and but I was also forced to go in inward and I was forced to figure out why I was not what they thought I was and why was it okay that I existed in the way that I did mm -hmm. that it that it forced me to have to do that kind of self-reflection and in doing that I realized oh well hell technically ain't nobody enough <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so yeah. if yeah. no one's going to be enough then I'm good I am enough right. yeah but that was I'm a, glad that you was made that choice yeah that was a that was an important part of my becoming a more authentic person Mm hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of going within. So what are some of the takeaways or highlights that we want to point out in this episode, Misty? Um, I, I think there's a few, you know, one of them that really kind of rings in my head is I think we acknowledge that that life is is very complex. Right. And that we may or, or may not always feel empowered to be authentically us, you know, depending on what the moment is, depending on the space, you know, depending on, 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 on the time um, or what's going on around us, um, that it, it may not always be safe or it may be critically important for us to. Um, and so just, you know, we have to figure out ways to, to navigate, you know, life and, and, and get what we need you know, from life. And, and sometimes that impacts how much we are, we feel like we're able to be our full selves or, or not, you know, our, our ancestors have found ways of, you know, despite the confines of their time to, to, to find ways to, to be able to still hold on to aspects of their humanity. Right. Um, Last time we talked about, you know, doing that through music and through through song. Right. And, and you know, other ways. Uh, another takeaway from this episode that I think or we think is that is important is. In a general sense, to tell someone that living authentically is freeing and empowering is a true statement. But to acknowledge the fact that for Black people, our authenticity sometimes, most times, can come with a price or a consequence mm. is important. And understanding that however, whatever, we whatever decision we make in our lives, as long as we're making the decision informed, as an informed decision, however that is, we are being authentic in that moment. Mm. authenticity for black people doesn't look a certain way it doesn't look one way however it manifests for you is authentically for you and that is okay mm. you, ain't, you ain't gotta be like nobody else just be your black ass self <laughs> you know I mean? okay right and and sometimes that's hard 
Right, right. We we live in a world that doesn't always present safe ways for us to do that. Um, and so sometimes, right, it, it, right, it is a choice. Um, but I think, you know, what can be very empowering is us being aware of what's what's going on, right? Like us being aware that we're fully human, right? Like us being able to just say that, like, listen, I'm, despite whatever's going on in the world, despite all this, like, this ideological bullshit, despite all this systemic racism and all this stuff, like I am still very human, right? I, I still deserve, you know, full freedom, right? Even when it's, people are trying to take it away from me, right? Like just being able to, you know, highlight that um, and having an awareness of the world that we live in and, um, What's really going on in it? Yeah, what's really going on in it, right? I, I think it's 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 one thing to not be able to live authentically because we're not aware of what has been taken away from us, right? Like, right. Um, and it's a whole other thing to choose to be certain parts of ourselves in different situations because we know that that's what might be needed for survival or 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 choosing to be a, a certain part of ourselves because that's what's needed to to push the envelope and to make some you know changes right um I, I think what's empowering is us having that awareness and being able to to make those choices on right. you know when and where we get to be ourselves in all the different variations of you know ourselves that's authenticity that is authenticity that choice that choice mm-hmm. is Mm-hmm. Everyone else gets yeah. choice. We should be able to have it too. Yeah. Um, so Kiana and I have talked about how we've been impacted by this idea of kind of the white gaze, so to speak, right? Making decisions about how we live based on the, the presence of white supremacy, right? Like in our world, right? And being and what that means for our ability to be authentically ourselves. So we want to invite you to reflect on that as well. In what ways has your ability to live authentically been challenged by the system of white supremacy that we all live in? Hit us up and let us know. You can reach us on IG at HWB podcast, or you can email us at healingwhileblackpodcast at gmail.com. So we want to give some shout outs. We want to thank everyone for continuing to listen. Um, thanks for supporting us along the way. Absolutely. We've noticed our listeners uh, increasing. We want to express a lot of gratitude to everyone for sticking with us and sharing us and, you know, sharing the podcast with your friends and coworkers and everyone that's been listening. Uh, we want to give some special shout outs to listeners in Connecticut, in Texas and in Canada. Yes. Thanks for folks that are that are listening in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. Really, really international, thankful. boo. We international. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.